0: This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's a wet, rainy, yucky Sunday out there. And you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Players Only. Presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. You can also listen available on your podcasts on wherever you get your podcasts, or you could go online to espnsyracuse.com and get them there. Uh, and we're also now on Instagram of yes. all places. How about that? Mm -hmm. i'm matt slocum alongside ryan story and you know ryan first of all um thank you for getting back to central new york safe and sound from last week covid flights getting
2: canceled is just disappointing
1: ah still reminds me of how bad it still is right now yeah i mean we're approaching the two-year mark of this pandemic (laughs) yeah um but that being said um we are on Instagram now. Yes, players only. ESPN. Wow, I mean, I I only stick to Facebook and Twitter myself. I mean, if you if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at su sport twenty two. That's my uh, Twitter handle. But um, yeah, oh, I I think it's just great now that we're we're on Instagram and we're trending apparently
2: hmm Yeah, over 500 followers so far, making a <sighs> uh, post a day, covering all sorts of high school sports. Wow! I mean,
1: it, you know, and we, we started the show right around what? What was it? Mid October? Yeah, seems like. it. And it, it's just amazing. And, and, and first, of all, I, I'd like to start off the show by thanking all you, all everybody who who tunes in at eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday to. Uh, to listen to us talk about high school sports. I mean that that by itself is fantastic. yes and it's just awesome. So speaking of high school sports let's let's get on to it. So let's talk about some boys basketball that went this past weekend and we start off with a game uh, West Jenny uh, playing Utica Proctor. In a non-conference game between the two, uh, Proctor's in the, the Tri-Valley League and West Jenny's in the SCAC, and West Jenny is unbeaten. Yeah.
2: They're um,
1: great. They came into the game unbeaten, and they stayed unbeaten, beating Utica Proctor 73-64. Uh, Proctor with the losses now 4-6 overall, yet 3-1 in the Tri-Valley League. That's, that's not too shabby at all. Um, it, it was tight, especially in the first half. Uh, but then, you know, West Jenny had a great third quarter outscoring him twenty one to eight and then just held on from there, even though Proctor outscored him twenty-seven twenty in the fourth quarter. Um, it, it was just too little too late as West Jenny wins by nine. And you look at some of the leading scorers from this game, uh, Christian Kane out of West Jenny, uh had seventeen points on the night. Also, uh Christian Amika, uh, he was actually the leading scorer. He had twenty points. 20 points on the night, as, again, Christian Kane, 17 points, two Christians on the team, and Jordan Kane uh, had 14. So the Kane brothers combined for 31 of the team's 73 yeah. points, which is pretty impressive, mm-hmm. sort of almost like what Buddy and Jimmy did yesterday against against Wake. <laughs> um, on Proctor's side of things, they didn't do too bad themselves. They had two in double, double figures. Traquan Lee, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to tell. I don't know if that's an I or an E. Uh, he had twenty seven points though on the night. And Oliver Rogers added fifteen. Um, not much in terms of scoring help uh the rest of the way. I mean, Xyleek Hammett had had six points. Uh Sincere Green had five, but you have to admit, um, Proctor put up a good fight. Yeah, I
2: mean, West Jenny hasn't lost too many games within single digits so far this season and Proctor had a great showing as you mentioned Traquan Lee uh, he was fantastic 27 the leading scorer in this game but from West Jenny's side of things you got to look at how well they've played all season behind their star player Christian Kane and then you have sophomore Jordan Kane his brother who started off the season playing a smaller role but recently he's just come on scoring double figures in multiple of the past few games. And then Christian Amica, I'd say he's been pretty cemented as the second best player on this team so far. Mm -hmm. Christian Kane is like that guy. He's that guy who is the star player for pretty much any team in Section 3. But Christian Amica is one of those guys who will get you those points when you need it. Say you can't afford to double Christian Kane and or do a box-in-one on him if you have Christian Amica, who's just going to burn you with his three-point shooting. He made two threes last night, and he can just make them on a consistent basis.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for, for Proctor, I'm looking at Proctor's schedule right now, and uh, they've already played West Jenny twice, um, so they don't have to worry about playing them again anytime soon. Um, they're on a five-game losing streak right now. Yeah, and they started off so good. They're, and they're really good. I mean, they won four out of their first five. Again, the only loss coming at the beginning of the year uh, to West Jenny, but since then they have lost five straight. Uh, the and all of the uh, uh, two out of those five were under single digits. Well, yeah, were by single digits. Um, the, the schedule doesn't look too pretty. I mean, they got Whitesboro coming up later this week on that's the eleventh game, and that's that's a really tough game. However, they do have their three out of their next four are at home. Yeah, um, and they seem to do better on their home court. I mean, they beat Henniger on their home court. They beat Rome Free Academy. They'll they'll play them on the road on the twenty eighth. Um, they got some winnable games. I think Proctor could turn this around uh, later on down the road for oh, West. Definitely. Yeah, for West Jenny, um, their their unbeaten streak um, is most likely going to continue. They got FM coming up next. That should be a good one. Um, the big battle I'm looking at, and it's a team that we're going to talk about here pretty shortly, is Cicero-North Syracuse. That game at home on January 21st. I think that's going to be a big one for West Jenny.
2: Yeah, when they played each other on the 21st, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, West Jenny had their
1: closest game of the season with yeah. only a six-point victory. Right, and I, I expect a really good battle on West Jenny's home court on the 21st that day, but that's still uh, a good 12 days away. But that's something definitely to keep an eye on uh, as we go through the season. On to speaking of the North Stars, let's talk about their tough five point loss to a Bowensville team <clears throat> that you know, despite their three and six record right now, they're three three in the SCAC. and they're they're pretty decent. I mean, CNS yeah. by the way is two and four in the SCAC. That's how that's how weird the season can be. So technically, CNS was trying to pull off the upset, as it were, against Beeville, and just couldn't get the job done. as As the bees won sixty three fifty eight, Baldwinsville was led by Jason Befolco, who had twenty four on the night. Eli Taft added nineteen, and Gregory Marinelli added fourteen, so three in double figures in terms of points. Cicero North Circus was led. By Reese Conjol had 17 points, and Andrew Benedict had 12. Um, also chipping in was Vincenzo Latanzio with 7. And it was a tight game throughout, but it was Beville, again, in the third quarter, pulled it away, outscoring the North Stars 18-9. to And even though CNS won the fourth quarter 23-12, just like the previous game that we talked about, it was too little, too late.
2: Yeah. And you look at CNS this year, they started off very strong. They were... They've lost four out of six, but they'd started off five and all. So they're a team that they can put those runs together, or they win a bunch of games. And and Luke Paragon has been out recently. He's been their best player when he's been healthy. What he's averaging eighteen points per game in his limited playing time, and then. You look at uh, Reese Congle. He's a shot blocker. He has over 13 points per game, as well as Andrew Benedict, also known as Mr. Varsity. Mm-hmm. He has over 13 points per game and he's a freshman. So they have the pieces there to uh, build that team. And they just need to stay healthy and beat teams like Baldwin Saville that they should be beating. Like, credit to Jason Bifolco and who he dropped 24. But They should not be losing to teams like Baldwinsville. CNS should be losing to teams like West Jenny and CBA, not teams like Baldwinsville. If they want to cement themselves as a really good team in double A, and Beaville did play really well against CNS's zone, and you gotta give them credit for that. But CNS should not be losing to teams like Beaville, even though Beaville is a very good team.
1: Yeah. Reese Congle, by the way, I want to go back to him on this. He is a guard, a junior guard. Yet he leads the team in blocks. He has 20. Yeah, not bad for a guard. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 blocks on the year, uh, that's pretty impressive. And if if you look at CNS's schedule, it does get a little easier. I mean, they get Nottingham coming up. um, That'll be a tough one on the 11th. And then Corcoran, Henniger, and then a rematch with West Jenny on the 21st. Uh, at their place, that's not going to be an easy fight by any not means. Not at all. But then you have uh, the rematch with Beeville on February fourth on their court, on the bees court. That's a date you want to circle if mm-hmm. you're if you're uh, CNS right now because that's a game that that could determine where your seating is for the Section Three Class Double A tournament. You know, y- you need to you need to beat Baldwinsville. I, I'm not necessarily saying you need to you need to beat them, but that's a game you really want circled on your yeah, calendar because it's a crucial game. Because it's a crucial one, and you know, and you close out with Nottingham and Corcoran, uh, uh, to close out the year. But that game against Beville, February fourth, that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, nine games left. You got to win at least seven of them for CNS if you want to cement mm, yourself
2: in this class.
1: If yeah, if you definitely want a top seed and you want to host a first round game, that's one that. I would circle is is February fourth, um, but also don't count out the February first game at home against Liverpool. And that's another revenge game. Yeah, because they played January fourth, and which was five days ago, and lost big time. And
2: it, it all comes down to getting Luke Paragon back, getting the rest of the team healthy. Also, another player who I think needs to step up a little more in Paragon's absence is Robbie Sykin. He only had five points, I believe, for the North Stars uh, in this past game against Waldensville, and he's a crucial member of this team, and they need him to be playing uh, and making up for the uh absence that Paragon leaves.
1: All right, we'll close out our first segment real quick with uh, Christian Brothers Academy, they played a non-conference, and essentially a non-league and a non-section game against St. Francis and lost by 7. 54-47 was the final. Uh, they outscored. This time it was the opposite. CBA outscored them in the third quarter, but uh, St. Francis ended up uh, beating them in the end, winning by 7. Uh, but leading the way for CBA, Dan Anderson, I mean, we talk about him a ton, Nineteen points. Amari Pitts, another person we talk about a ton. He had thirteen points, and Steve DeRegis added eight points uh, for CBA in the losing effort. Um, You got to love the effort put on by the brothers in this one. Totally, it was it was it was pretty tight throughout. I mean, that second quarter, eh, could have been better, but you know, all in all, this was a pretty good non-league foe, and and it should help. If I mean, if CBA wins the Class Double A tournament. Which I would I would give him a good chance at doing that right now. Oh yeah, um, it it would it would be great practice to get, you know, to get a non league game, and 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 playing against a team that's not in your section. That's good practice for the state tournament. Yeah, and
2: I mean, you look at their team right now; they were missing their second best player in Braden Burns, and that allowed for Dan Anderson to be covered. Uh, more effectively and they were able to put more pressure on Dan Anderson and so he was only able to score 19 which you say only there but it's generally he's a more of a 20 points per game type of guy and uh, Amari Pitts uh, played great as he they need him to play when Braden Burns is out Um, and well I believe this is CBA's first loss and two years they didn't lose last year and they didn't lose the year before that so CBA is a team that this was a shocking loss for them and St. Francis 7-3 and on the season so it's not a bad loss it's not like they lost to a low quality team but uh, CBA uh, will probably need to win out from here on if they want to get the one seed because West Jenny has been so good this season Mm -hmm. and yeah if they want that one seed they gotta win out
1: All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Emma Byrne of Tully, Tully, the the girls' volleyball team. Uh, We'll talk with her coming up next here on Players Presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1.
0: This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: And welcome back to Point Guard. Uh, Sheesh. <laughs> welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7, 100.1. And we're now joined by Emma Byrne, Girls Volleyball player from Tully. How are you doing, Emma? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing great as well. So let's let's get right to it. Let's let's talk girls volleyball, shall we? Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> this season by far for Tully. Tully is unbeaten so far uh on the year. And really uh, your your team right now has done really impressive coming off a, a, a game against Cincinnati. A really good Cincinnati squad. And you won that one three sets to one. Um, What was the, I guess, the mentality going into that? It was a non-league contest. Um, So what, what was the mentality going into it? Did you treat it like any other game or was there any special meaning to it?
3: I think what's special about our team is that we treat every game like it's a really important game. We've been given this target on our back as the undefeated team, you know, the one to beat. So I think every team comes at us with their hardest competition, so we just have to come back at them with our hardest.
2: Yeah, And as Matt, Matt just mentioned, uh, you guys have been undefeated this year, and that's similar to how you didn't lose a game last year either. You were 12-0. and 0. Uh, What about your team would you say is the strength of your team? Is it the coaching? What is it?
3: I think definitely our coach. We have a really great coach. We've had some great assistant coaches. And I think that our teamwork together is just really important. We all really want to be there every day. And it's hard to have a good, you know, some, a lot of teams say they have the best team chemistry. You know, they all get along. But sometimes it's not true. And for our team, it really is true. We all really get along. We love to be there every day. It's like anytime there's anything, it's, it's just positive energy, you know, never anything negative.
1: You know, and, and looking at you know your schedule right now. Again, as I said, unbeaten, eleven and zero on the year. Uh, who do you think has been your toughest opponent so far uh, in in regards to the season?
3: Um, so far, I would say Fabius Pompey which we thought it was honestly going to be Chittango, but we played Chittango for their first game. So I think the next time we play them, they'll be our highest competition. But so far, I would say Fabius Pompey has. They came out pretty strong this year. They have some good hitters. Uh, we just had to focus on our defense and how we can serve receive and how we can do that stuff better. Um, and we ended up taking that game as well. So that was good.
2: Yeah, and- uh, there seems to be a little group of schools just south of Syracuse that involves Tully, you guys, uh, Fabius Pompey, Lafayette you don't have on your schedule, but they're still in that group, and some more schools. When you go up against those schools in your areas, they're more on the line as you've likely known some of those players for longer, and there are generally some built-in rivalries between the schools in that area?
3: There is definitely some rivalries. These um, we're we're all from small schools, you know, so it's pretty easy that you know most of the players from each school. Um, you play them in three sports a year. You kind of get that personal connection, and you could be friends off the court, but once it once you get on the court, it's it's game on, you know. It's a healthy rivalry, and it definitely makes the games more fun. It brings the crowds out, sorry, it brings the crowds out, and it like helps just kind of bring up that spirit to help you play the best that you can.
1: Now I want to take you back to uh, the last couple of years, um, especially with all the COVID pandemic going around and and, and stuff like that. Um, was it tough for you and your teammates to to play in a, in, a, in an environment where essentially you had to wear a mask all the time, uh, and you know, and get tested for COVID, make sure you you know you didn't test positive for it? Was that a struggle in terms from both? Um, your ability to play the game and also from a mental standpoint? It was definitely difficult. Last year was,
3: you know, the year of unknowns. We had no idea if we were coming to practice the next day. We had no idea if we were playing the next game. So I think what helped our team is we kind of took on the mentality of play this one like it's going to be your last because chances are it could be. So when you went in and played that game, you were going to put everything out there because you didn't know if you were going to walk into the gym the next day or if you were going to get quarantined or if anything was going to happen. And I think that it kind of became our new normal. And that's kind of what we carried on into this year. You kind of have to play each game. Like you have to focus on each game itself before you look to the next game, look past that, you know, you have to be in the moment. You have to play as hard as you can to get the job done where you are.
2: Yeah. And, uh, because of COVID, uh, the sectional playoffs were canceled last year, and that means that the last time you were able to play in the sectional playoffs, your team had lost to Beaver River in the semifinals. Do you think that your team would have went all the way last season, and does it bother you that you weren't able to compete for that championship?
3: It's really, It was really unfortunate that we couldn't play last year. We definitely had a lot of momentum rolling off of an undefeated season last year as well. I think we would have had a really great run at sectionals that year. Uh, it is unfortunate, but, you know, it comes kind of with everything that happened. It was tough times for everyone, so it was just another thing that happened. But, yeah, I think we would have had a pretty good shot.
1: So, <clears throat> Emma, you are a four-sport athlete. Uh, am I correct in saying that, four sports?
3: Um. So, I used to play lacrosse but now i play track so technically right now i'm only a three sport
1: okay. athlete all right so you switched from lacrosse to track um yeah. so with with that being said out of those I, I guess for sake of argument let's say four sports out of those four sports which one would you rather play full-time if you were only given a chance to play one sport the entire time the, the entire school year which sport would it be and why
3: Oh, gosh, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I Honestly, I've always had trouble answering this question when people ask me what my favorite sport is. Uh, Once I'm in a sport season, I tend to really focus on that one and love it the most. So I think my answer is going to be pretty biased. But right now... I would have to say volleyball, even though soccer is a really—it's a top contender. I've always loved soccer, and when I'm in soccer season, I have to say soccer is my favorite too. So, <laughs> but right now I'd say volleyball, just because honestly, like the environment is just so positive. You walk to the gym, everyone's there, ready to work, and it—it it always feels good to be undefeated. So I, I guess that helps.
2: <laughs> and so right now you're a senior. You're a captain of most of your teams. Uh, how much of a leadership role do you play in each of your sports?
3: I am definitely someone who loves to like, be a positive leader, to like, help people grow, to help people be their best person that they can be. So I would say even from a young age, I've watched some great leaders. Um, I've had some great teammates, great captains, and I've also had some people who weren't the best and also didn't help the team as much as they could have. So I think I've taken that my experience with those different people and I've kind of figured out who I want to be for the team and who I want to like represent for Tully as well yeah. and I think that definitely has helped me become a great leader um, and kind of it all kind of helps to bring the team together you know like you can't have a strong you can't have a strong house with a strong foundation so I guess that's what it is.
1: All right Emma we're gonna close out this segment with a couple of quick fire questions so answer to the best of your ability Um, Favorite movie of all time?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: We started with a uh, tough one right off the bat.
3: Yeah. I know. Um, I would have to say, right now, I'm not even going to lie, I'm loving the B-movie on Netflix.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Ah, Nice um okay favorite music to listen to before a game
3: um there's uh another hard question okay um (laughs) probably anything i could sing to honestly i just love music that can like i can get fired up with Uh
1: uh-huh that that's that's a pretty good answer i like that (laughs) um favorite pre-game meal if you have one
3: uh, I have one of my favorite protein bars is uh, the one cookie dough protein bar. So I'd say that.
1: I didn't know they made cookie dough.
3: Oh, they're bars. so good. Never no, heard of so that before.
1: no that's, that's, that's interesting. That's one of the most interesting answers we ever got. Um, <laughs> that's really good. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, f- uh, favorite sport to watch on TV? Uh, soccer. Soccer. Uh yeah. do, do you have a particular club?
3: I don't, honestly. I don't watch that much T V, but when soccer's on I, I'll stick around and watch it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting. And uh finally, since it's twenty twenty two, um, your what's your number one goal uh heading into uh the rest of this year?
3: Um, let's see. I would say athletically, definitely a sectional championship. Mm -hmm. But um, for just myself, I would say, you know, picking a great college and going in and having a great time at college and, you know, just having that experience.
1: Definitely a good goal to have. That's a great goal to have. Well, Emma (laughs) Byrne, thank you so much for joining the show, uh, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon.
3: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. We'll be right back with more of Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1. Don't go away.
0: This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. And let's talk some girls' volleyball, Ryan. I mean, we had Emma Byrne on the show earlier. Uh, So let's talk about some girls' volleyball. And uh, we first start off with Tully as they continue their unbeaten streak going up against a non-league foe uh, in uh, Cincinnati. And uh, winning that one three sets to one. Um, again, our guest from earlier, Emma Byrne, came on. Uh, she had five aces in that game, led the team in aces, also led the team in kills with 10, uh, and also had 11 digs. So I guess you could count them as saving the ball from going out of bounds. Um, you know, and again, in terms of as a team, uh, the one set they had difficulty was in the third set. When they lost that one 29-27, uh, but then they, they just came back and played their best set uh, in the fourth set, winning 25-11 to take it three sets to one. Uh, again, they improved their record to 11-0 on the year, 9-0 in the OHSL. I, I just don't think there's any stopping Tully right now at this point. It does
2: not seem like it. I and mean, They do have some other good teams uh, around them, but I just can't see them losing to any team in the regular season so far. Like, they do have rivals that are going to give them close games, which is the rivalry games, but they haven't dropped two sets on the season. Mm-hmm. So if they're not even going to come close to losing, they're not going to lose. No.
1: No. And, you know, again, as we talked with Emma, she said that one of the tough tough opponents uh, that her team has faced is, is Fabius Pompey, but also Chitnango as well. Um, you know, again, I would circle those. Yes. Circle those games on the calendar as well. That should be a tough one. Uh, two tough matchups coming up for Tully later on. But, again, I just don't see any any stopping of Tully right now at this point.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, you look at how everyone on that team has played, uh, even not counting Emma Byrne, who's probably their best player, as she leads the team in uh, kills and digs on the season. So she's one of, if not, she's got to be... At least one of the best players on this team. We also get a look at Junior Alexa Shea. Mm -hmm. She she has 212 assists on the season. Talk about a playmaker! Yeah, crazy. She just sets her team up for everything. And then you look at Veronica Cola. Kowalewski, she leads a team in Diggs, Kath and Lund in Aces. So they've got a bunch of players who really just contribute to the team. They know their roles, they play their roles, and they run their roles to the best mm-hmm. of their... They just perfect them. And uh, the way they've played so far this season, I can't see them dropping a regular season game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see it either. It, just the way this team is balanced is is really impressive, and that's why they're unbeaten. Yeah, they could keep that uh, balanced streak alive. On to uh, Rome Free Academy uh, going up against Vernon Verona Sherrill in in a Tri Valley League matchup and RFA. Um, it was a struggle. They they won it three sets to two. Uh, they improved their record to six and four on the campaign uh, for Rome Free Academy. Um, again, no stats for uh, VVS unfortunately, but for RFA. Um, Get this. Talia Kiovianzame, again, apologize for pronunciations. She had 35 assists. As well as nine aces. And nine aces. That is impressive in of itself. Talk about a playmaker right there. Uh, Alexis Kennedy had 15 kills uh, for Rome Free Academy as well for that. Uh, also 15 digs for Yanielis Ellis Rivera. Um And again, in terms of the overall standpoint, they split the first two sets, um, Rome Free Academy, and then uh, VVS actually took a two sets to one lead, and it sure looked like trouble for RFA after that third set. But then the fourth set, fourth and fifth set, Rome Free Academy came out, won the fourth set 25-16, and then the deciding fifth set winning 25-19 to take it three sets to two um, and and improve their record to six and four. Um, if you're looking at Rome Free Academy's schedule, um, it doesn't get any easier. They they go up against Central Valley Academy, a team they beat three sets to one. Uh ESM uh in a rematch, they lost that one three sets to nil. So that's that's gonna be a tough one as well. Um, do you expect Rome Free Academy to continue this uh this pattern of winning so far? They've won four out of their last five. Can they keep it up though? Yeah, I, I think they can
2: keep it up uh they didn't start off great and no. that's just a fact they were two and three a very slow start but you look at how they've done recently they've got a senior in Alexis Kennedy probably the best player on that team she uh, has she had 15 kills in that last game and she's the core of this team the senior leader but as you mentioned freshman Tyalia Kioviangsme she has just also performed and those two might be the core of the team but they also have players such as Isabella Sanzone who's a sophomore and other sophomore Elizabeth Hanba. Uh, these girls can surround their quality players that surround the two stars of this team who I'd say are who we mentioned earlier Alexis Kennedy and Talia so uh, They are the stars but they have the quality players to surround them and that's what's going to be the difference for teams like Rome free academy and vvs where vvs is really just a team that they've got Brianne milson and sadie ruggs two seniors and that's really most of their team i don't know how much they can contribute outside of their best players and rfa has the depth to be able to make a run here for the rest of the season and get a top seed or not a top seed but a decent
1: seed in the sectional playoffs right here mm-hmm. and, and again you know volleyball in the same way with basketball um, it, it's a long season, you know, and it, and it spans a a good chunk of the year. Um, you know, some of these some of these teams actually also play in the fall as well. So you're looking at a good chunk of the season, yeah, in terms of playing, and to be able to to keep this up for a good period of time, uh, that's impressive in of itself. On to our final look. Uh, A good matchup between Pulaski and Weedsport, two teams in the OHSL, and it was a tight one throughout. Again, uh, Pulaski winning this three sets to two. It started off um, with Pulaski taking the first two sets, very tight ones, 25-20 and 28-26 respectively. And then Weedsport went on a tear in the third and fourth sets, winning 25-19 and 25-11, and that made the fifth set an exciting one. It went down to the wire. And again, if neither team gets, you have to win by two in volleyball. Yes. And Pulaski wins 26-24 in a match that was really tight in that fifth set. They went at three sets to two. Uh, close but, as it gets. And that's really as close as it gets. Uh, has some stats from Weedsport in a losing effort. Uh, Isabel Garet had 26 assists along with nine aces. Uh, Trinity Davis leading the way up front with 14 kills and a block, also with 8 digs. Uh, Gret had it 11 digs as well. Uh, Weedsport, you got to give him
2: credit. They played great. They played Coming great. Coming back from down 2-0.
1: And that fifth set, to find the stamina to play in that fifth set and only to lose by two, that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah, and you look
2: at how they played. They had three players really just... Play great in terms of scoring with Trinity Davis uh, getting 14 kills and Michaela Foltz and Olivia Quinn getting eight kills apiece, as well as Isabel Guerre, who did everything except for kills, uh, which is her role on the team, and that's what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what her job is on this team. And you look at Weed Sport for the rest of the season; uh, it, they're not in a great spot right now. They're three and seven, zero oh and four in interdivisional games. So I don't know exactly how much of a chance they have in even making the sectional playoffs. But if they can string some games together, I think that they can make a run. And looking at Pulaski's side of things, uh, they've won three straight after an 0-4 start. So they're starting to turn things around. And they've got a senior duo in Tessa Isle and Emily Birmingham. So I feel like uh, Pulaski could definitely... Uh, Make a decent run in the mm. uh, sectional playoffs, at least. I feel like they could uh, definitely sneak one or two
1: games yeah. on uh, a good team. Yeah, I think I think both of these teams have got some really good things coming for them. Even though Weed Sports three and seven on the year, uh, don't count them out. I mean, it, to play in a tough matchup against a, a good Pulaski team. Yeah, probably playing a little bit shorter than their expectations uh, would have been. But given you know, given the fact this was a great game, top to bottom. Um, a huge comeback stories and, you know, and that's what we like about high school sports. We always like a nice, good comeback story and that, and that's how you do things. You know, you Mm -hmm. have comeback stories and that's, that's just a great comeback story. So when we come back, we'll talk girls basketball to wrap up, uh, this edition of players only presented by point guard advisors here on ESPN radio, Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.
0: Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, a show about high school sports by high school students. Sunday mornings 8 to 9, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1. I'm so glad we had that liner just a while ago. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It it just feels good to be working in radio, it it just really is. Um, Let's talk about girls' basketball. Uh, to close out this segment here real quick, we start off with a tight one between Cicero, North Syracuse, and Ballwinsville. Uh, two teams done really, really well. CNS wins by a point, 52 to 52-51 mm-hmm. over the Bees. Uh, in a game that was essentially tight throughout, uh, leading the way for Ballwinsville in a losing effort, Sydney Hutala Hutt- had 23 points on the night. Nobody else was above double digits. Uh, Kyra Wilbur had nine, uh, and Alexander Benarsik had eight on the night in a losing effort. Only wow! If again, fifty-two fifty-one was the final for the North Stars. Alexa Kulikowski had twenty-two points. Alita Carey Santangelo had sixteen points, uh, chipping in with six. Was Jillian Howell a very tight game throughout against two really good teams in the SCAC? And uh,
2: yeah, and. You look at CNS here, 5-1 and one on the season. They've uh, won five straight after opening the season with a close four-point loss. CNS has just played, uh, probably outperforming their uh, uh, male counterparts. Uh, you look at Alexa Kulikowski playing great this season. She's averaging roughly 20 points a game and Alita Kari Santangelo, adding another 13.5 uh, with some help from sophomore Kathleen Taru. Uh, CNS uh, has just been a team that uh they they're tough they're gonna make it close we saw them losing to Beville by one point and or sorry one point at halftime and they managed to uh, take the second half and use that to turn it, the game around from there and so um I see CNS is probably the favorite in double-A for uh, women's basketball or girls basketball. And then on b side of things, Sydney uh, Hutala has been great all season. She's averaging 18 on the campaign, uh, as well as Jada Pyle and Kyle, Kyra Wilbur. They're second and the third, respectively, in, for points. Uh, so... You look at that team, and they're a more well rounded team, I think, than CNS. They've got more players who are going to uh, score close to double digits on a consistent basis. But I do think that CNS is the better team here. You also got to look at how uh, Jillian Howell for CNS, a freshman, she's played more of a role uh, re- in recent weeks, uh, a recent game. She was the only. Person other than uh, uh, Kulikowski and Carrie Santangelo against Bevel to score more than one basket from the field, so I could definitely see her playing an increasing role in the upcoming games.
1: Yeah, and again, give credit to where credit is due. This is a game that could define both team seasons later on uh, down the road once we get into sectional seating. Yeah. and. You know the way these two teams have played is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and you know Ballinsville had a late surge in the fourth quarter, couldn't quite close out the deal, but you know that's that's why we play the games. That's why we play. Uh, on to West Jenny versus Henniger. West Jenny having a struggling year uh, on the girls' basketball side compared to their to the to their counterparts on the boys' side. They're they were one and ten heading into this one. They beat Henniger in a tight 52-49 to get their second one on the year. Yet only one three in the SCAC um so far this year. Henniger falls to four three, two-and-three. Uh Wes Jenny in the winning effort. Uh Aaron DePaula had fifteen points. Hannah Sparks added eleven. Uh Cecilia Sedrowski added nine. Uh Brianna Drury with eight points as well to lead the way. For Henniger, um, Taeja Scott had 20 points. They only played five players. Anise Odom had 14 uh, to chip in for Hanager. Um Again, West Jennings again, struggling on the year. Um, can they turn it around? I mean, they started off not too well losing their first, you know, they didn't get their first win until December 28th against Norwich. They lost every single game before then. And now here they are, second half of the season. They got some tough matchups coming up. Can can they make a run for it?
2: And it's going to be an uphill battle. At 2-10, and ten, you need kind of a miracle to come back in. And I get that they are only, what, 1-3 in, in interdivisional play. So they do have a chance here still. Uh, and they've won two out of their last three. And the most impressive thing about this game is that they were missing... Uh, probably they were missing their leading scorer in Molly Benetti, and then their third leading scorer in Molly James. So this is a team that they showed grit here by picking up the win without two of their best players. And Erin DePaulo, again, 15 points. She's the second leading scorer on the season. So she's a player who's going to really be able to pick up the slack for some of these players who are missing time. But overall here, I see West Jetty as a team that they are going to be competing, especially with the teams that you don't really think they would have a shot against. Like, again, teams like Beaville, teams like CNS, and uh, we saw it against Henniger. Henniger had a winning record going into this game. We saw how... Uh, West Jenny is a team that they can compete with these winning teams, and even if they aren't able to make it to the sectional playoffs, West Jenny still is a team that you always have to keep an eye out for. And if you look past them, they will surprise you. And on to Henniger's side of things, uh, you know it's a tough loss to a team that you were probably supposed to beat, and that would have given you a winning record in uh, the SCAC, and. They're a young team. I mean, they have freshman Anise Odom, who had 14. She's been great this season. They also have an eighth grader in Takai Baker, and that she's been a big help, as well as their star player, Taja Scott. So overall, I'd say that uh, Henniger has been, Is they're going to have a good chance to go far here. I like what I'm seeing from Henniger, other than this game.
1: And finally, let's look at Liverpool against FM. Another tight one. This one took overtime to decide it, and Liverpool escapes with a 43-40 win against a really good FM team, despite what the record says at 5-6. and six. Uh, That's a pretty good FM team. Uh, and in the losing effort, here's why. Ava Angelo, 15 points leading the way. Lauren Hoffman added 7. Evie Kawa had added 5. Lauren Clark had 6. Uh, for, for the Hornets, for Liverpool, the Warriors were led by Gianna Washington, had 15 points. Nevaeh Wingate had 11 points, and Kaitlin Sweeney added 9 uh, for the Warriors. And again, it took overtime to decide this sucker, and 43 to 40 was the final. Uh, these two teams, again, 5-4 FM in the SCAC right now. Liverpool's 4-1. Again, the way the season has worked, everything has been thrown off. But you have to admire, again, the effort put by these two teams. Yeah. And
2: FM is a team that again, they're good. They might have a losing record, but they were five hundred going into this game and they have a winning record in uh conference play, uh five and four there. So they're uh they in their out of conference games they've had two losses, oh and two there. But Ava Angelo has played great this season, as well as Ivikawa really helping out. They play in as well. Evie Kawa and Ashley Snyder, they play really underrated roles on this team. And, I mean, Ava Angelo might be the only scorer uh, averaging uh, over 10 points a game, but they're a very good team. And Liverpool also, Gianna Washington and Nevaeh Wingate, very good team.
1: Yeah, and, you know, as we're running out of time here today, a lot of good stuff going on. It's great to see high school sports playing, especially with the midst of the Omicron surge right now with with, uh, the coronavirus right now. Uh, kudos to every single school out there continuing to play. Um, we wish you nothing but the best of luck as we get through the surge, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, this pandemic will end very, very soon. Hopefully. Yeah. So that'll do it for this edition of Players Only. For Ryan's story, I'm Matt Slocum, and great thanks for uh, to Emma for coming on the show today. Um, We'll hope to talk to you again next week here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy week 18 of the NFL season. Mm -hmm. Who would have thunk? Enjoy, guys. We'll talk to you again
2: next week.